It's all about that paradox of life where life is very, very hard and it's also miraculous and extraordinary. And the truth lies inside that paradox because the good thing and the bad thing are always going to be the same thing. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hi, and welcome back to the My Future Business Show. It's Rick Nusky here, and do I have somebody very special on the line today? I'm with the wonderful Vivian Shapira. Welcome to the show, Vivian. Thank you. Yes, it's so great to have you here. I've just been looking through all of the books that you've authored, and we're going to take a very close look at that. We're going to be looking at, obviously, your crystal surgery practitioner work and how you founded the Four Winds Academy and all of those wonderful things. So uh, with that being said, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be talking to you and to get this opportunity. I so appreciate it. And uh, I'm looking forward to this as well. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I've been, again, looking through some of the books. What have you got here? You've got Crystal Surgery. You're a finalist. We'll talk about uh, that in a moment. Everyday Magic, which is your latest works. Uh, What else is there? There's Lose Weight, Gain Money, Guided Lessons. You are a prolific author, and I'd love to talk a little bit about that. But um, it's customary for us, Vivian, to start off with uh, the people behind the work, and uh, that means let's talk a little bit about you. So, um, where where are you located? Where's where's home for you? My home is Cincinnati, Ohio, USA, and um, we've been living here since the end of 1991. We moved from Cape Town, South Africa. It took us 12 years to organise ourselves to get green cards and get into this uh, country, and. We moved to Cincinnati and we have been very happy here ever since. It has worked out extremely well for us. And actually, I tell the story of how we came to live in Cincinnati, Ohio, in my book, Everyday Magic, um, because I kept on having to tell that story so many times and the story of how I discovered the different things that I've discovered. And so many times that now here... Uh, I wrote the book, Everyday Magic, and um, wrote it out for people. Wonderful book. Did very well. Uh, It's been amazing. Mm. And... uh Home is Cincinnati, Ohio, USA, formerly Cape Town, South Africa. Excellent. Well, look, um, what is it that you love most about Cincinnati? Uh, Cincinnati, what sticks out for you? It's a livable city, and I think that's important because we don't have to sit in gridlock every uh, day of the week uh, driving around. Uh, Things are affordable. Homes are affordable. Property is affordable. Um, Life is affordable. And, and that makes a big difference here in the USA. Yeah. Uh, people who want to live on the coasts, they, they do pay a price. There's a cost of living aspect to it as well as uh, accessibility and so on. And, they, you know, yes, there's an yes. ethic. Turn up your nose at the people who live in the Midwest. I tell you what, <laughs> we have got it lucky here and we feel how the good fortune of it. We really do. Yeah. And everyone who comes to visit us says, Wow, I didn't realise. I didn't realise it could be this good. Yes, fantastic. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's great. Now I know that you uh, you're a pet lover. Tell us about your pets. Yes, yes, that's right. We don't forget our pets. Let's show our pet right now because she's right here wanting to be part <laughs> of the there. show. And she's always a, 
He didn't look so willing at the moment. He's <laughs> making kitty face. <laughs> yeah, I've had enough of this. Hello to the people. Didn't look happy at all. A bit of a cameo appearance <laughs> there. So um, in, in terms of, uh, you know, your leisure time, I know that you're quite busy um, as an author and, and with your work at Four Winds. Do you have any downtime yes. and what do you enjoy doing when you're, when you're not working per se? I love travel. We love travel. I should say we love travel and we love photography and those are our two big hobbies. So uh, we just came back from Florida actually and we go down there in the, usually in the winter time and we uh, the birds are extraordinary. So my husband's an avid photographer, which has been fantastic for our YouTube channel <laughs> because my goodness me, and also for the crystal surgery textbook because he did all the photographs and I've joined in. He's helped me. I'm a bit, I'm point and shoot, no, but he me helps too. me, uh, <laughs> but he's helped me uh, become actually quite a good photographer as well. And, oh, we love it. We love it. And the thing is when you're looking through that telephoto lens, now, that's just the kind of thing I'm doing when I'm looking at energy. I'm seeing things differently. And you look at your, the birds, you look at the animals. You know, we go on safari. We go back to South Africa and we go on safari and you see the animals through the telephoto lens. Mm -hmm. It's a different world. And uh, it opens up doors and it opens up your brain and it opens up your energetics. And so we just love that. And so that's what we do with our leisure time. And uh, we need it. And, you know, it was hard during the pandemic oh, yes. because we couldn't travel and we couldn't do those leisure activities. And you know what it's like? You sort of think, well, you're not doing this all the time. Why is it so stressful that you aren't doing it? But it's like not having any salt or seasoning in your food. It's a small proportion of the ingredients, but it makes a big, big, big difference. Oh, yes, absolutely. And that's how it is for us with our travel and our leisure time and our photography. And then we love, love to have our friends over. We love cooking. We love watching the cooking shows. <laughs> and then we like to go and experiment. Of course, we don't do what they say. <laughs> I wonder, you know, if we can uh, wind back the wheels of time, as it were, Vivian, and go back to when you were younger as a child growing up. What are one of, what's yes. one of the one thing, uh, the one thing that sticks out for you, a positive memory that you have? From when I was growing up? Mm. Uh, you know what pops into my mind, and I'm, I'm a little bit surprised, is I just think about my dad. Yes. I had the most fantastic father. Everybody thought he was, you know, the archetypal just how you want your dad to be. And I, I, when, you, when you asked me that question, that's what popped into my yes. mind. I was not expecting the question. I wasn't ready. I love my answer and I love my dad. He yes. was just extraordinary, extraordinary person. And, you know, you know, Rick, he made me the person that I am today because um, I won't say that my parents were perfect. They were far from perfect and there were a lot of issues and there was a lot of trouble and a lot of drama and it didn't go well for my brother. Mm -hmm. But my brother acted as a buffer for me in my life and I got, I, I, I got the best of my parents as a consequence of that. And uh, my dad just gave me this uh, amazing sense of acceptance in the world. Yep. And he made me a strong person. And he taught me to do with my life what I want to do with my life. And that what I do from Monday to Friday is the most important thing. I mustn't be looking forward to getting off work. I mustn't be looking forward to the weekends in order to live my life. I must live my life 
with my career and my work and what I do, and I must do what I love. And that's what he taught me. They are, they, these are very formative years. They're foundational, aren't they? I, 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 you know, I was going to ask you about that in terms of um, being around those, I guess, those role models. Clearly, your, your father was one. Um, did you have any others as you moved through, I guess, later teenage years? Did you have others? Um, Who's he I your main go-to? Uh, I must have had other role models, and uh, you know, nowadays my role models are, are kind of up there. It's like the Dalai Lama, and uh, um, I just, I just think that um, uh, the Dalai Lama is an extraordinary role model to all of us in our society. This is a person who doesn't have uh, a home country anymore and mm. has to live uh, as an expatriate of his own country, and. Um, you know, and and what's going on, and you just you look at people who experience hardship, and continue to have a loving heart, and to spread the word of compassion and love, and that is a very big role model for me. Yes. And then I had a teacher, my Alexander teacher in England, Walter Carrington, incredible role model. What a what a brilliant man doing something very unusual and doing it to the most extraordinary standard. That was leadership for the whole world, for all of us people who became Alexander teachers. Just extraordinary. And so, yeah, I, you know, uh, Rick, I have had the most extraordinary good fortune with my teachers. So I have had role models and mentors and, and all kinds of people. My crystal teacher, Melody, who wrote the Love is in the Earth series, what an extraordinary role model, not about uh, perfection, mm-hmm. but about being a human being who makes a contribution to humanity yep. by following your own star. And, you know, this is the kind of guidance that I got and the kind of role modeling that I got. I, I couldn't have been more fortunate. I really credit my teachers. And then I had a wonderful therapist when I was in my 20s, a, a, a man called Gordon Isaacs, who uh, is actually the only teacher that I have who is still alive. And he really helped me to find myself and my identity and my voice. And I I can't let this moment go without crediting him. Yes. Because uh, what an extraordinary force in my life to have someone help me at that tender age in my early 20s. And he's still uh, now, you know, via Facebook, supports me emotionally in a certain kind of way just knowing that he's out there i have a little gordon on my <laughs> on my shoulder always what would gordon say yes. to me and he's just he's just been a, a fabulous force in my life i wish for everybody to have these kind of relationships uh, teachers yes. and mentors and uh, healers and therapists in their life because Boy, does it make a difference. Just well, extraordinary. You know, I, I, I was thinking about this. You just mentioned North Star a little earlier, and I thought to myself, well, as an author, it's one thing, but as a writer, do you get much value out of reading? And did you used to read uh, any other works uh, other than your own um, as you worked through the years? Yes, you know, that is a very, very interesting question. I, I used to be an avid reader. And as I wrote more and more and more, I started to read less and less because they don't go well together. Uh, I, I can't explain it, but once you learn about how to write correctly and how to structure mm-hmm. your writing, mm-hmm. then uh, then you also you can tell when a book's been ghostwritten oh, yes. or when it's been forced, you know, and it's been written too quickly because the publisher has demanded X number of books. And so... 
you don't get that quality anymore of writing that I used to enjoy. I mean, to me, books like Wuthering Heights with the characterization and the tone and the atmosphere and the drama and, and that you learned as you were reading. I can't find those kind of books anymore, and it's a little bit disappointing. Uh, so I, kind of, and I love thrillers and detective knowledge, mm-hmm. uh, uh, books, and that's helped me a lot in my work because I consider myself to be an energy detective. And so I like a mystery story and I like detective stories and that's the kind of TV we watch as well. Um, and I'm very sensitive to the written word and the spoken word as well and um, very selective. So I, I have a kind of a high standard, but there is another reason that I don't read as much as I used to. And that's because of the crystals because crystals are also they're like books they are full of information and knowledge and stories and i get a huge amount of information from the crystals and so there was a period of almost 10 years when i hardly read because i was getting the information from the crystals and and then one day i stopped and i thought why aren't i reading anymore i I do love reading and i do enjoy reading and Strangely enough, there came the answer. Well, you're absorbing so much information from the crystals, there's not that much more space left in your human brain to take in more. <laughs> yeah, wow, that's incredible. I, um, I'd love to, yes. if we could um, um, go to that moment in time where you decided to write um, Everyday Magic, which is your latest works. Um, what, what inspired you to write this particular book? Well, I wrote Everyday Magic. Actually, it was first published as a hardbound in 2002, and then we reissued it in 2020 as an ebook because people were asking, when's the ebook coming? Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is good. Let's do the ebook now, you know, because, because we can during the pandemic and so on. And um, I wrote it because I wanted to share my story with people so they could use it as a case study and look at their own lives and understand their own lives in a different way because we do have extraordinary magic. Each and every one of us, it is our birthright to have magical lives, but we have to see the magic and we need to understand the magic. And what Everyday Magic has an alternate title and the alternate title is Incessant Battering from the Universe. It's the paradox, you see. Mm -hmm. It's all about that paradox of life where life is very, very hard And it's also miraculous and extraordinary. And the truth lies inside that paradox because the good thing and the bad thing are always going to be the same thing. And that's like the Ram Dass story where the the farmer's son broke his leg, but then the military came around and didn't take the son off to the military because he wasn't able-bodied. And the story, you know, goes on. I think it begins actually with the horse running away and then the horse coming back, and then the farmer's son breaking his leg. Yep. And you just can say you don't know what's the good thing and what's the bad thing. It's just this flowing river of paradoxes that we have to live through in our lives. And so that's why I wrote Everyday Magic, because I wanted people to perceive that the cloud is not the issue and is not what you want to focus on. It's the silver lining. And without a cloud, you don't get that silver lining delivered to you. And we mustn't look for the yellow brick road. We must rather look for the silver lining because that is the path that is going to lead us to our destiny. And that's what we want. We want to fulfill 
what we came here on earth to do. And that's what everyday magic is about. How do I find my path? How do I travel this journey? How do I survive this journey in a, in a good way? And uh, what do I want to do? Yeah. And who are my teachers? And who are the signposts? And who are the leaders that are going to take me to where I need to be in my life? Is it a cover-to-cover cover read or is it something people can go back to and just take bits and pieces from as they need? How do you read Both. This? Both. Both. I tell you what, it took me six years and seven drafts to write that book and people read it in a day and a overnight. half. Overnight. It's an overnight book. Yeah, it's a page turner. <laughs> uh, Rick, it's bizarre. I look at Everyday Magic and I start reading it and I go, I wonder what happens next. And I go, dum dum, you wrote it. It's your life. Remember. Of course you know what happens next. But there's an energy there of hidden meaning that even I am amazed at. It's revelationary for me to read Everyday Magic. It's an extraordinary dynamic. And people have been telling me, oh, I've been reading it again. Well, they write to me because they did just reread it or they dipped into it. And then they tell me it's like they were getting messages. And it is because one of the things that Everyday Magic deals with is the way the spirit dimension is guiding us and helping us and supporting us through our lives. And when I looked at Everyday Magic after I'd finished editing it and, you know, I finished the seventh yep. draft and, you know, and I had to edit it and tighten it up and so on, and I went, this isn't even about me anymore. It was supposed <laughs> to be, you know, a story about my life. It's actually, I saw that it's actually a story about the spirits that inserted themselves in every single chapter. Oh, wow. That's uh, pretty um, profound, isn't it? It is. Oh, it yeah. really is profound. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I know that you've done a, a whole heap of other works, and I'd love to touch on some of those briefly. But uh, right now, I'd love to shift the focus on uh, the Four Winds Academy. I know that uh, you have uh, university qualifications. You have a significant background in, in psychology, was it? That's right. Yes, I, I trained in uh, clinical psychology in mm -hmm. South Africa. Yep. I never worked as a psychologist, though mm -hmm. I changed over to becoming an Alexander Technique teacher. Yep. And I don't know if you know, but Alexander's from no, Australia. No, I'd love to learn. <laughs> well, the Alex, uh, um, FM Alexander, he was born in Tasmania and he mm -hmm. lived in Australia. And then, uh, and this, we're talking, you know, the, the, the late 1800s and then the doctors in Australia said to him, you know, you've got to take your technique to the world and to do that, you must go to London. And so he did. He went to London and that became the centre of the Alexander Technique. But actually, he's from down under. He's from there your you land. Go. <laughs> <laughs> On the bottom side of the rock. <laughs> <laughs> That's, <right. laughs> That's wonderful. I know that uh, you you had a calling as such when you put together Four Winds. Tell us a little bit about the genesis of Four Winds and how it actually came about. Yes, uh, I, um, I we had premises for teaching the Alexander Technique and we had an Alexander training facility and we need, had a lot of tables for teaching uh, and training other Alexander teachers and we had the space and one day I looked around the space and I went, this space can be used on the weekends and in the evenings for other kinds of workshops. It doesn't have to be reserved only for the Alexander Technique. And then I thought, what other kind of workshops? And then there's sort of a, a voice from outside me, which I'm, you know, I didn't hear with yes. my ears, but I could hear in my mind, said, well, you're going to start teaching healing workshops. 
And I was really? <laughs> what do I know about that? Looking over your shoulder. Mm. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thanks. Oh, oh, oh! I see more work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're calling. That's what it is. <laughs> That's right. And so uh, I started with just teaching some workshops because people actually kept saying, "Won't you show me how you do this? And won't you teach me how to do that?" And I thought, well, okay, let's give it a shot. And we started with a, a Saturday afternoon, three-hour workshop. And more and more people wanted to learn and more and more people wanted to come. And it was fun. It yeah. was fun. You know, Alexander Technique takes three years to train people. You know, three years full-time. It's very, uh, it's, it's a very detailed technique. And it's it's very um, time-consuming to train teachers. And, and it requires a, a, a lot of commitment. So it was kind of nice to have something that all you had to do was commit to three hours. Mm -hmm. So there we are committing to three hours on a Saturday afternoon. And it was a lot of fun and people really enjoyed it and they learned and they felt helped by it. And so we expanded that and uh, we expanded it to the point where we have four subjects at Four Winds Academy, shamanism, intuition, crystal healing and energy healing. And we really we really designed a program for teaching healers because healers are not, uh, there's no standard in the profession, but healing is big. And I can, uh, I can really predict that in this, this century, we are going to see healing getting to be a bigger and bigger and bigger subject and a bigger and bigger and bigger topic mm -hmm. because uh, in, in the medical field, everyone's become specialized. And so we don't really have that general practitioner who understands people in a whole kind of way. And I think that healers are going to have to take that over, but they're going to need to get a lot of training and become much more professional for that. And that's the vision and mission of Four Winds Academy is to set healing up, energy healing, as a proper profession with proper standards mm -hmm. and proper training. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's funny because I was just thinking about kinesiology popped into my mind um, and, and how I was absolutely blown away by the ability for an oil in a vial in my hand to um, change the strength in my body uh, depending on the ailment that I had. But, you know, I also at the same time was exposed to Reiki and remote healing energy. Oh, and that led me to thinking, uh, has the pandemic uh, pandemic caused any issues for you to help uh, your clients remotely, or can you do that? Oh, the pandemic's uh, closed our, our doors, mm. you know, because I work, uh, you know, we work one-on-one -on -one with people mm -hmm. and um, didn't lend itself to sort of deep cleaning and these kind of things. So, so what happened, and uh, so we had to close our doors when, uh, when we had lockdown and went into isolation and mm -hmm. so on and social distancing. And I thought, now what? Well, interestingly enough, a few of my clients said, well, will you work with me remotely? And at that time, I had always worked one or two sessions a week, you know, and we're talking yeah. out of something like 22 to 32 lessons, sessions a week uh, would be remote. And sometimes there'd be no remote sessions and, and it wasn't a very developed part of my work to work remotely. Yeah. So um, so I, I closed my doors and then a few of my clients, one of them being an anesthesiologist, um, he said, will you work with me remotely? Because he, he was very anxious about his exposure. Being an anesthesiologist, he was very much on the front line because he uh, was qualified to put people on ventilators and so on. 
And I could not say no to him. Of course I had to support him. Even though I was in a state of trauma and shock myself, of course I was going to support him and and his family. His wife was also very, very anxious, also a client of mine. And so, you know, those two people pop into my mind and then a few other people also said, well, will you, well can you work remotely? Will you work remotely? So uh, not so easy to work remotely with the Alexander Technique, but I developed a procedure for that, which yep. I was quite pleased with. And then with the crystal healing, oh, my goodness, Rick, it was absolutely extraordinary what happened next because I developed a whole new set of layers of my work and have developed not only crystal surgery, but crystal microsurgery. And to tell you the truth, I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to do that in person because doing that in the remote work, what I started to perceive and experience and be able to do remotely was stronger than what I'd been doing in the in-person. It transformed my work and developed my work. And then I took that into teaching a, a group of students and actually we're just about to finish on Saturday a how to read energy course which is 100% suited to doing remotely without the visual of having the person in front of you much better way to train in this particular thing so a whole new methodology whole new way of working developed whole new way of teaching new classes everything it was like this creative explosion that came forward yes it's like an you know i've heard a lot about innovating and adapting um, uh, based on this whole pandemic and it seems as if that's exactly what's come to come to you and i'm I'm very glad that that's the case absolutely now when you when you want to um somebody wants to actually connect with you and start to work with you what what's the process that they go through remotely uh, uh, the process remotely of the work itself? Yes. Or, like when uh, they, they want to find you, uh, I guess, would be a, a good start. Where do they go? And when they do find you, is there some sort of an application process? What's the onboarding side of it look like? Uh, but they just email me, and you can email me via crystalhealingtechniques.com or chaperone.com. Those are two of our active websites. Fourwindsacademy.org is another active website, but not the best way to contact me at the moment. So crystalhealingtechniques.com or uh, chaperone.com will reach me if you use the contact form there. Yep. And then I set up a time, if, if I can accommodate, uh, I am a little bit busy and now people are coming back to in-person sessions. The kitty's walking on the table here. It's distracting <laughs> me a little bit. <laughs> I was like, what's the kitty it. doing here? Uh, okay, she's, she's back. So um, so then people can, con- they contact me and they ask to set up an appointment and we go from there and then we use WhatsApp. So oh, yes. uh, if, if they're, if they're uh, in another country and otherwise here in the States, we just use our iPhones. I do not like to see people for the uh, remote sessions. I use audio only right. so that I'm not distracted by any visuals because then I can see what's happening on what we call the mind screen, which is the mental imagery that our brains produce when you know when you read a book and it says if you can see these images in yep. it, like a movie yep, if paint the book a is well written. Yeah, that's right. So that's your mind screen where the picture gets painted or when you imagine something creative, 
then that's also on your mind screen. So I use my mind screen and the visuals there are much more powerful, much more detailed, much more information than if I were looking at a person because now I can just read and assess the energy and work with the energy and I can see what I'm doing. And then I also have a set of crystals in front of me and then I can and I can look at them and that's the physical part that I'm looking at rather than physically looking at the person. And then I have a proxy crystal that I'm using to stand in for the person and I'm working on the person's energy via the proxy crystal. It works brilliantly. Oh, I'd love you to send me some positive energy. Thank you very much. I'd love to receive it. I will it. definitely do that, Rick. <laughs> I can do that right now while we're talking. Well, to excellent. Well, and it leads me to, yeah. I guess, the pointy end of the question. We know where people can find you, which is at shapira.com. Um, can they also access the books if they want to purchase those as well or just download them? Yes, uh, you can. The books you can buy in, on Amazon and you can, the Complete Guide to Crystal Surgery, that book, it's best to buy through our website, crystalhealingtechniques.com. But there is also a P free PDF view of the complete guide to crystal surgery on crystalhealingtechniques.com because that's a big reference book. It's a little bit expensive to mail mm -hmm. and it's quite, it's, you know, it's the cost of a textbook. Uh, because it's full color, it's a big, big, big publication. I can actually hold it up here because yeah, this is video, isn't it? Let me get it and just show you what I'm talking about. Um, let me get this. So here we are. This is the complete guide to crystal surgery. Fantastic. And this is it's a big book. Can't even fit on the in the picture. <laughs> and it's you know it's got everything. Wow, that's a it. lot of work that's gone into that. Set. Yeah, it's beautifully set up with photographs and everything. You know, two indexes. It's it's a pretty extraordinary uh, work. We did win an award for it. Yeah, I noticed um, that. Um, it's it's an absolute credit to you. Congratulations on that. And um, thank with, you. With thank everybody you. who's on the uh, the show today, um, I hope you've enjoyed this because this is just opening a crack in the door to the work Vivian is doing. Uh, so there's the Crystal Surgery book, there's Everyday Magic, and there is a number of others that you can find on Shapira.com. No matter where you find uh, this interview below the post, you will also find links back to Vivian and all this wonderful work. And with all that being said, mm -hmm. Vivian, thank you so very much for joining me on the My Future Business Show today. Thank you so much, Rick. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.